0: International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. If our job, if we try to just make ourselves be noticed, we end up acting with pride or arrogance. And so we have to do the right thing. We have to act wisely. But then what do you have to do? You have to depend upon the sovereign God.
1: I'm Celeste Montague, welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of Senior Pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the Gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study in the book of Esther with more of a lesson titled, God's Sovereignty and Human Responsibility. We are in Esther chapter 5. As we pick things up with Esther, God has placed her in a position to act on behalf of her people. But she has to trust God for the outcome as she is risking her life and playing a very dangerous waiting game. Let's listen. Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw talking more about God's sovereign ways. We talked about
0: the idea of understanding, you know, you being placed in this place at this time for this moment. Again, I'm thinking about Ron's testimony. This, This woman comes and says, Would you talk to my father? Someone talks to him, them, about talking to this... God put them in that place at that moment for that purpose. So you have that divine sovereignty in which God placed Esther where she was. And then we see divine sovereignty in other things that have been happening in the story throughout. Early in the reign of Esther, Mordecai had found out there was a a plot against the king's life. He told Esther. Esther told the king. The plot was found out. the, uh, The... the conspirators were caught and dealt with. It was recorded in the king's book and nobody thought anything else about it. And so Mordecai was forgotten. But even even it was God that caused whoever was in charge to forget about a reward to Mordecai. You say, well, why would God want His people not to be recognized? Because God wants them to be recognized at a particular time, at a particular place. And so God uses that forgetfulness to provide a a means of deliverance later on here's what we know about human human responsibility human responsibility is obedient to God if we start getting into the details of Scripture we say well you know God does all this and God does all that and and God does all these things we have a great God he is fantastic he is sovereign nothing happens uh, uh, that doesn't happen according to his will he always accomplishes his will we know all of those things and yet he has given us specific commands We have a responsibility to obey those commands and there are consequences for disobedience. So, what does God demand? Well, He demands us to act. There there are times when God demands us to act. In this particular case, in Esther chapter 6, God, through the circumstances of placing Esther where she was, through the counsel of her uncle Mordecai, put her in a position where obedience meant that she had to approach the king. She had to risk her life for the sake of saving her countrymen. And so God demands action. In this particular case, she makes the plan to action. But, you know, there was action taking place already. There was a three-day fast. People, uh, the, the Jews across the nation were fasting, and they're praying for Esther. All of that's focused. We talked about that before. And so they're focused, and they're praying or seeking God's face interesting i just heard somebody say not long ago was asking about um prayer you know if if god is sovereign then why do christians pray and you know it's and, and some folks have had all these explanations well it draws us closer to god and all of these things james answered the, pra- the answer to that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much that's my answer to that question why do christians pray god commands us to and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much well, answer the questions about Scripture with Scripture. And so these people were praying. We could go back and forth with this. I, I divided this message up into human responsibility, you know, God's sovereignty and human responsibility, and how we see, you know, both sides of this. And the more I go through the story, the more I find it. You know, it's just—it's like you just keep peeling it back and, and you see it over and over again. God demands action and so they're acting. They've been praying, they've been fasting, they've been seeking God's face. They're doing that with a certain expectation that God is going to respond, that God is going to do something. You say, but God knew from eternity past into eternity future everything that was going to happen and how it was all going to work and how everybody was going to respond. Yes! Yes, God knew all of those things. So prayer doesn't really change anything. Wait, wait a second. One of our problems is this. We think chronologically. Now, I don't mean to get too philosophical here, okay? But we think everything is in time. This happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. But remember, we are creatures that are bound by time, and God is not. And the only way I can kind of explain this to you is explain it in time terms. Did you know that God can answer a prayer that you pray before you pray it because He knew you would? Well, does that mean that your prayer had no impact? Absolutely not. But it didn't happen before He answered. Well, with God, He knew you would. God's not bound by time. So forget about it and just obey. You say, but I'm I'm trying to figure it out. If you try to figure it all out, it'll just turn your brain to smoke. It'll just turn it to mush. Some of these things, we're trying to figure out how God works everything out. Can you just be patient with the fact that He's bigger and inexplicable and better than you are, and all we need to do is obey Him? And so he demands action. They pray, and then she has a plan. Now, I don't, you know, we don't really know what's in the mind of Esther here. There are some things that happen in this particular chapter. After all, she does two banquets, two banquets for the, for the king. I don't know exactly what was in the mind of Esther. I think I have, I think I know a little bit of what was in the mind of Esther, but, but I'm not sure. But here's what she does. The first thing that she does is she dresses herself in royal robes. Now, it came to pass on the third day, Esther put on her royal apparel. The actual wording there is she dressed herself in royalty. In other words, the queen made herself look like the queen. Now, this is you know what, this is wise action. She didn't dress like a slave girl. She didn't dress like an Israelite girl. She dressed like the person that she was in the position that God placed her. That was in a position of special relationship to the king. It was in a position of authority and responsibility. It was a position of reverence and respect in the land. So she acted wisely, not foolishly. And then notice notice what it says. And she stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. I'm not sure exactly how it's set up, but, but what it seems that there was a place for her to stand where she could be seen by the king, but not really approach the king. She figured it out that she stood there and she waited then for him to respond. She acted wisely, not foolishly. She dressed in her royal robes. She stood in a conspicuous place. Here's what you say, well, of course, isn't it interesting always be after the fact when you read a story like this, you, you say, well, of course she reacted logically. This is the way she should have reacted. Well, is it? You know, she could have dressed it, she could have put on her sackcloth and ashes like the rest of the nation of Israel, which would have been completely inappropriate for the king, or for the queen of this nation. And she could have run screaming and, and moaning into the presence of the king and begged him to save her from certain death. I'm not sure how well that would have worked. But instead, she patiently, carefully, wisely chose to act. She acted, by the way, with respect and honor.
1: Esther was one cool customer. She played her part with courage and dignity. And we can learn much from her in this situation. Stay tuned. Dr. Shaw will be back with more in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study in the Book of Esther. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. Now, here's Dr. Schall to talk about an addiction recovery discipleship ministry going on at his church, Northwest. It's called Freedom That Lasts. Hello,
0: this is Kevin Shawl. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button.
1: Thank you, Dr. Shawl, and please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church at nwvbc.org or call 623-581-3115 for more details about the Addiction Recovery Discipleship Ministry called Freedom That Lasts. And now, let's get back to Dr. Schall as he continues to tell us more about Queen Esther and the favor she receives from the King. Here's our teacher. It says,
0: and it was so, when the king saw Esther
1: standing in the court
0: that she obtained favor in his sight and the king held out to her Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. You know what she did? She acted in a way that did not bring shame on the one that God gave her to be her husband. She acted in a way That allowed him to maintain a certain level of honor and dignity. But you say, well, he was an unsaved pagan. That's true. But she still, he still was her king and her husband, and she treated him with respect. So human responsibility is obedient, it acts, and it acts wisely, not foolishly. But it's God who changed hearts. God is the one that makes others notice. I don't know exactly the way the setup was, but I I suppose it would be possible for the king not to have shown up on that day that Esther stood there in the courtyard waiting for the king to notice. Um, It might have been that the the king was so busy about doing all kinds of other things, he might not have even noticed. Even if he was there, he might not have noticed her already. After all, wives, you know husbands can be like that. You know, you got that new dress and... You walk around the house and that, is, have you, that happened with you? You walk around the house in that new dress and he never noticed. Got the haircut, he never noticed. He could been so busy about so many other things that he just doesn't notice. That God is the one who, who makes people notice. And you understand with regard to our To our ability to communicate Christ to others. It is God that makes them notice our faith. It is God that makes the boss notice your honesty. It is God that makes the boss notice your hard work. And it, it doesn't always happen. But if our job, if we try to just make ourselves be noticed, we end up acting with pride or arrogance. And so we have to do the right thing. We have to act wisely. But then what do you have to do? You have to depend upon the sovereign God. It's God that makes others notice, and it's God that gives us favor in the sight of others. And the king saw her, and there's something in his heart that melted. Now, you say, well, it was, it was, it was God just changing his heart. Well, it's also that Esther was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that was how she got to be in this particular position. I mean, she, just, she attracted his attention. You say, "Well, see, that's just human." Wait a minute. Who gave her that beauty? I mean, that that beauty was given to Esther for a particular purpose, for the purpose of saving her people. And so, it, it's God that gives us favor in the sight of others. Uh, the idea of goodwill. Uh, the idea of favorable, favorable treatment. So he sees, and, and it says, and so it was when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter. He, he looks and he sees, and it's just... His countenance has changed as he looks at Esther. And it's you know maybe he's dealing with the, the affairs of court and all the questions that are going on with administration of the, the land of Persia. And when he sees Esther, what a welcome sight. And his, his countenance changes from that hard business type of uh, activity to it just melts. And he smiles and he holds out the scepter and she walks and she, and she touches the top of the scepter. And then the king says to her, and this is where we see the, favorable treatment. Then the king said unto her, what will thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. Now, I I know when you were in junior high or high school, you're reading this and you said, given to thee even to the half the kingdom. Well, I'll take half. Yeah, we'll take half. Now, what this was a custom in those days. In fact, it, it was throughout the ancient Near East which was a sign of a great compliment, of a superior to an inferior. And it was also a sign of great trust. Listen, I would even give you to the half the kingdom. Now, I know you're a trustworthy servant and you wouldn't demand such a thing. This was a recognition by the king, Xerxes, of the trust he had placed in Esther. Um, I, by the way, sometimes this type of statement did get the kings in trouble. In fact, uh, Herodotus records... That it got Xerxes in trouble because there was another woman that he said, I'll give you another half of the kingdom, and she requested a valuable robe. And uh, eventually it created a scandal in the kingdom and loss of life and all kinds of terrible things. But what he meant here is, Esther, I am placing you in a position of tremendous favor. I care for you. I am precious. You are precious to me. And I want to show my love to you. And um, it, is, it is God that placed that favor in the heart of Xerxes for Esther. And God can do the same for us. Give us place of favor. We see it with other people in Scripture. It, 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 that kind of favor went with Joseph wherever he went. When Joseph was sold into... I mean, he had that favor with his father. Then he had that favor when he was sold into captivity in Egypt. In Potiphar's house. He had the same favor when he was in prison in Egypt and rose to the chief of the prison. And then he finds himself in the favor of the Pharaoh of Egypt, rising to the second in command of all the nation. Well, you say it was something remarkable about Joseph. Well, honestly, Joseph was faithful and Joseph served well and Joseph had a clean heart. But there have been many other characters in scripture that had that same, those same qualities. It was God That gave Joseph that favor in Egypt. And so sometimes this favor is intense and it's unexplained. Human responsibility does plan. Now, so he says, I'll give you the half of the kingdom. And Esther says, What I'd like you to do is come to a banquet that I've made. Now, um, God expresses us to use the resources that He has given us. And, And one of the resources that He has given us is the ability to think ahead. So we have human responsibility and divine sovereignty because God is sovereign does not mean that we should not plan. Does that make sense? We plan. You we, we, we say, well, God is sovereign. He'll just take care of it. Well, wait a minute. No, we, we plan. It's like, And that was, that was the point that William Carey was making about reaching the world. Yes, we have this huge task to reach the world, and so we have to make plans and we have to see people and we have to plan for reaching a nation and all of that. And we need, to, we need to attempt great things for God just like the early church did. In fact, when William Carey made his case to the church, that group of pastors there in England, he went back to the early church and he traced the lives of all the apostles. In fact, he went and discussed the missionary activities of the, of the apostles during the first century. Did you know at least as far as we know, as far as church tradition tells us, that the apostles in the first century reached, I mean, just the 12 apostles reached a huge portion of the world geographically with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thomas, we, we know it's almost a historical certainty, went as far east as India and the eastern shores of India, even to the island of what was called Ceylon. There were others that went as far as Northern Europe, into North Africa, up into what we would now now know as Southern Russia, a huge portion geographically, not certainly not all those people population wise, but that first century of believers accomplished incredible things because they attempted great things for God.
1: That balance between trusting God and doing everything we can to accomplish great things for God is where we want to be. Stay tuned. Kevin Shaw will be back with a closing thought in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 west yorkshire drive in glendale that's just south of the 101 at 40th avenue sunday worship service is at 9:30 a.m adult bible studies and sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m and sunday evening service is at 6 p.m child care is provided for all services wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings children's and teens programs Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623-581-3115. 581-3115 today. And remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station, and you're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning service at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Please join us next time as we continue our study in the book of Esther. Now, here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought on the balance between trusting God's sovereignty and doing everything we can to further God's agenda. We'll see you next time for more right here on Dare to Stand.
0: They have that balance. You will, if you think the responsibility is all on your shoulders, you won't do much. If you expect God to do everything, and, then you won't do much. But when we understand that we have a responsibility to be obedient to Him even in the unbelievable and trust the fact that He is the one that will make that happen, great things can be done.